Three members of the Federal Salary Council quietly made a case for some serious changes to the federal pay system. They suggest a variety of options to change the way government compares federal pay to the private sector and uses the comparisons to compensate federal employees. Not all members of the council, though, agree with those recommendations. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now to explain what the members are recommending and possible next steps forward. And Nicole, why don't we start with what is the council and who's on it? So the Federal Salary Council, it's a small group of about eight or nine members, and they're presidentially appointed, and most of them, about five or six, are actually members, representatives from federal employee unions. So American Federation of Government Employees is there, National Treasury Employees Union. Um, Sometimes those unions have one or two members. And then the president will appoint about three people who will serve as expert sources And the chairman of the Salary Council during this administration is Ron Sanders. Listeners, members of the community probably recognize the name. Yeah, he was a former Chico. He used to work at OPM. So he's been around and he's familiar with these issues. And the council is responsible for looking at methodology, a measure of federal pay and a comparison of, in theory, like federal jobs to the private sector. Sure. Now, that is often more difficult than it might seem, and we'll oh, yeah. get into that later. And they use those comparisons to adjust federal pay based on locality areas. And so oftentimes, organizations, federal employees will make the case to this council as to why their location should be considered for one of these locality pay designations. And Got there's it. over 50 of them now. All right. So which members made the recommendations and what did they recommend? So the recommendations come from the three expert members. The federal employee unions did not agree with these recommendations. And in fact, they called them a clear attempt to politicize this process that I just explained. Um, They also accused the members of, you know, not considering statistical data, the value of the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So a pretty heated discussion that's laid out in this report. But what did they suggest? So they suggested five things. Generally, they say that this comparison of federal employee pay to the private sector is not only maybe not necessarily accurate, but just oversimplified, not a true representation of the current jobs that federal employees have and the comparison to that of the private sector. They say there's a couple different options that we could go, and I'll lay them out uh, in more detail later, but Generally, there's three recommendations that wouldn't require changes to the law and then two recommendations that would. Got it. Okay, so this comparison has long been challenged, I think, because in many ways the pay system of the federal government is rooted in the era of lots of clerical work, lots Mm -hmm. of paper processing, typing pools and all of that. Most federal employees now are knowledge workers and higher level professionals, and maybe that's one of the factors. It is one of the factors. And in fact, it's a complication that the report describes. They specifically mentioned Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston has been coming to the Federal Salary Council for years saying, look, we're having trouble recruiting people, retaining people. We have bad attrition in some cases. Unfortunately, the council will look at the gap, the the, uh, gap between private sector and federal sector pay in Charleston 
and they see that it doesn't meet this very complicated formula. And so they say, sorry, Charleston, you don't qualify for locality pay. But yet Charleston comes back year after year with the same challenges. And so these three members say something doesn't add up this gap. And that's that the federal employees are generally 31 percent underpaid compared to their private sector counterparts. And so this is really the challenge that the the council members, at least the three of them, have been grappling with. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And you mentioned that a couple of their recommendations would require legislative changes. What are those specifically? So the ones that would require Congress's help is a recommendation that essentially says, instead of just looking at your salary, we should consider your benefits as well. And these members specifically say we should consider your retirement, your health insurance, and your life insurance. They don't go into vacation days and leave in sick time, which is something that other organizations have suggested. But they say that really we should be measuring your total compensation and compare that to the private sector. And the the second option that re- would require a change in law is to establish a commission to look at federal civil service benefits and come up with a plan not only to compare it to the private sector, but to make some comprehensive changes to this system for the future. And they compare it to one that the military has done, a quadrennial review of military compensation. They say that's the model that government should consider. Got it. All right. So it's hard to know what effect these changes would have on specific pay. It's safe to say that nobody's pay is going to be cut as a result of whatever changes are made in the long term. I guess maybe the union's concern is how much growth is allowed in this. And there's really two issues, right? One, there's the basic pay for a job, and then there's the whole locality question, and every city in the country wants to be above average. Right. And the locality issues become really interesting because, like I mentioned before, there's over 50 different locality pay areas at this point. And in fact, the Salary Council in its new report is recommending the addition of another one. Des Moines, Iowa is up for consideration. Yeah, that's a pricey place, I've heard. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think the issue is that, and this was described to me by Ron Sanders, the chairman of the council, we could get to a point where there's just simply too many different locality pay areas. Everyone has locality pay. And then we're in the situation where we're not necessarily increasing the total amount that the government has to pay people. And so locality pay becomes less lucrative for these each individual areas. And he basically says that it doesn't essentially solve the problem, which he sees individual locations like Charleston bring to the council year after year, Sure, which is that in a lot of cases, specific occupations, especially those in STEM fields, VA doctors, healthcare organizations, they say they have trouble recruiting and retaining people, but there's some sort of gap here and the methodology doesn't show it. All right. So are these suggestions from these appointed members of the council the opening salvo in a process or do they just kind of release them to the wind and maybe nothing will happen? I think the second option is probably more likely here, Tom. The report was very quietly issued. We didn't see it for a whole month. And when we when I spoke to Sanders, he said I was waiting for somebody to find this report. Um, The administration is doing its own review of compensation for federal employees, and they're actually looking at the reward and bonus system as well. So this report, I think, is competing with one that the administration is also working on. Then, of course, there's the fact that we've been talking about these issues for several years and really nothing has changed and that the administration is also distracted by other things, 
frankly, the future of the Office of Personnel Management, whose researchers and employees are responsible for looking at this issue and helping the council make decisions about it. So I think there's some competing priorities and that the salary council's report may go quietly. At the same time, the president's pay agent, which is made up of the Office of Personnel Management, Office of Management and Budget, and the Labor Secretary, can look at these recommendations and decide to move forward with one or multiple of them. In the meantime, keep stuffing it away in the TSP. I think that's good advice. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Ask anyone with a DWI if it was worth it. They'll tell you. It's no holiday. Impaired driving kills the holiday spirit. Drive sober. Drive smart. Extra enforcement now on Minnesota roads. A message from the Minnesota Department of Public Safety.